Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Uh, this episode is aptly titled Father's Day as well. And it is one of our longer running episodes. It's going to go like around an hour 20. But before we get started to make an episode longer, um, we, have these, <laughs> we have these great reviews from our listeners. So thank you. And Yay. keep, <laughs> yay indeed. And keep the positivity coming our way. Thank you again. So this review is by Mark Azali. Great guys that are knowledgeable about this stuff. Wow, this is the only Doctor Who podcast you need to subscribe to. Thanks, Mark. Yeah. Then we have another five-star review from Observer Foresight. Chock full of great stuff. If you like Doctor Who, or if you think you want to like Doctor Who, listen to this podcast. It's obvious that these people really love the show, and they know how to talk intelligently about it. You can tell they're also having fun. Listen and nerd out. Yay. <laughs> uh, another good one here is a great Doctor Who podcast. We'll keep listening. Keep up the good work by Kidneys. Good thing about Kidneys is if something happens to this review, we could always live with another one. <laughs> <laughs> we just lost a star. <laughs> well, with uh, Kidneys, it's because of uh, the fifth Doctor. Twelfth. 12, sorry, 12. 5, 12, yeah. I was thinking five stars and yeah. then 12, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay, good. Yeah, but the first words of the 12th Doctor were kidneys. Yes. I don't like the color. Ava132 writes in, is there a doctor in the house? Yes, yes, there is. And this podcast talks all about the good doctor and his exploits through time and space. I am thoroughly enjoying every episode of Doctor Who using this companion podcast. So yay, <laughs> we're actually yay. helping with this. As a new fan to Doctor Who, uh, because of this podcast, I'm able to catch the nuances and understand the history that I might otherwise not catch as a new viewer. If you're a Doctor Who fan, tune in. You'll be glad you did. Thanks, yay, Eva. thank you. I am Baruch says, do you love Doctor Who? Do you debate with your friends about who your favorite doctor is? It's Matt Smith, by the way. Do you enjoy peeling away the layers that are in every episode? Well, this is the podcast for avid fans are going through each episode of Doctor Who, starting with Eccleston in 2005 and diving into the details. From discussing soundtrack to character development, these Huvians are entertaining and informative. It's a great listen for people who are longtime fans or who are just starting to discover how awesome Doctor Who is. It's a bit long, but it's great for commutes. Only bad that I can say is you will find yourself yelling at your speakers because you want to join the discussion, but can't. Thanks, Ian Baruch. Thank you for all those listeners. Well, I also would say I would like to discuss with him about Matt's being, Matt Smith being the best, but we'll get there. Yeah. So enjoy Father's Day. Welcome to Who Knew. We are fans of the current series of Doctor Who, and on this podcast, we discuss our likes, dislikes, and insights of the modern regeneration of the show. Today's episode is episode eight, Father's Day. On this very special episode of Blossom, I mean, <laughs> Doctor Who, Rose deals with the loss of her father. Um, there's some time travel involved in this episode, and uh, I'd like to go around and ask if you could time travel within your own lifetime, where would you go? But who are you asking? I'm asking you guys and to also say your name. I will go first. I would probably want to go to uh, the day of my birth because I went there... Um, in my 20s and it didn't have 
as much impact as I thought it would. And so I'd like to see it actually me being born. What do you mean you went there in the 20s? When, in my 20s, I went to where I was born. The, spa- the place. The place where okay. I was born. You would actually Without the time, time travel. No, no, no. Okay. Sorry, sorry. You made it seem like you were time traveling and you've been holding out on us. Because um, I was born in a naval hospital in Washington State and I went there. I did not know that. Cool. I, uh, yeah, I was born there. <laughs> and I went there with my parents and it just, I was expecting more and nothing happened. <laughs> You wanted a banner or well, you know, a I just, party? Because I, 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 I didn't... Paradox to happen? I didn't grow up in there, so it didn't really have any... It was just another building, and I was... I, I don't know. That's all. Now, this is Frank, and you threw this question at us. I don't know. Um, would it go back and try and save somebody? Can't do that. No, it's, well, I can do whatever I want if it's a time travel. <laughs> you know, would I spend that time trying to do that or just... On the fun note, I think I go back, well, I don't want to say exactly how old I am, but it was before Walt Disney died, <laughs> to try and meet him at Disneyland and tell him what's going to be happening. Oh, that's a good one. Goodbye, oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, By all of Anaheim. But to actually meet him and have, you know, one of the days he's at the park. That's a really good one. I like that a lot. Be there just to wave at Uncle Walt, walking down the street, to actually down Main him. Street. And tell me that. Uh, this is Brian, and that's a tough one because I want to go everywhere. <laughs> but if I could have a big red button that would reset everything, one thing I've thought of doing just to be curious is I would go back to the Archduke Ferdinand's assassination. Within your, said within within your, your own, own lifetime. Line. Oh, within my own lifetime? Yes. Because that's oh. a huge button to press. <laughs> that one. <laughs> well, I would just wonder, because that set off the entire 20th century. Mm-hmm. But within my own lifetime? Yeah. I know, you should have warned us about this question, so we had time to think about it. You're, then, then, I don't, then I don't get to see Walt Disney, because <laughs> he was gone before I was born. <laughs> Frank. Um, <laughs> maybe... Within my own lifetime, I might just want to be in Florida when the moon landing happened. Mm. That's a good one. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Uh, well, are we doing time and space? Just within your own <laughs> lifetime. <laughs> um, yeah. Now, maybe maybe to see the to to yeah. be around yeah. during that period. I would like to see where Eugene was born. <laughs> huh? Thank you, oh, Josh. my name is Josh, <laughs> and I would like to see a naval hospital in... Where was it? Washington State. Washington State. State. <laughs> um, I don't know. That's my answer. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, this is Auburn. And yeah, that's a really, really loaded uh, question. Uh, do you want to go back and fix something that you did wrong? I mean, is it a matter of regrets or a matter of reliving some great point in your life? Oh, I know what I would do. Go ahead. All right. Uh, I think since I want to call myself an optimist, I would try to go back to a high point. And that's also kind of scary because now is everything after that a low point. Um I would say, yeah, probably right after high school, before college, 
Um, I was living with a bunch of people I knew from college. We were having the time of our lives and uh, maybe maybe tell myself just cool it a little bit. I think it was a little uh, raucous. <laughs> go ahead, Josh. <laughs> what was your thing? Oh, kind of similar, though. Uh, I, I would go back to when I was a kid and just teach myself to have some perspective and chill out. It's been a lot of years uh, agonizing over things so, yeah. unnecessarily. I wish Sam it, Beckett was here, a man who traveled within his own time. <laughs> so that question was one part quantum leap and one part and one part our town. If you remember, yeah, so if anybody I gets go, that if reference. I go back in time, am I going to be like some a sixty-year-old librarian woman, like like I Sam know. was, or I don't know. <laughs> it is interesting how some of us took it as go back and talk to yourself, and some of us took it objectively. Mm-hmm. Just you have this window. window view something on this window like mine had nothing to do with me well for me it's like even you're not going to see there are two things that you're never going to see in your lifetime your birth and your death or your funeral funeral so i was like i'd rather go and visit something happy (laughs) all right i almost died when i was born oh geez (laughs) (laughs) well on that note (laughs) It's true. March of Dimes saved my life. Really? Oh. Yeah. Wow. I was in an incubator for four days. Should I keep going with this? <laughs> Is this what people tune in for? <laughs> we haven't even gotten to the episode proper. <laughs> you know, people listening are like, ah, oh, so that's what happened. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you want, I think we'll. We'll move on. Yes, please. (laughs) Uh, Today's episode, like I mentioned before, is Father's Day. And um, this was written by Paul Cornell. Cornell, Sorry. And it was directed by Joe Ahern. I think it's pronounced Ahern because that's how they say it on the commentary. Spell it? I will show it to you, not spell it. No, for people who are listening. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) A-H-E... A-R-N-E. And uh, Father's Day raked in uh, a ratings of 8.06 million viewers, taking into account uh, time shifting. Uh, Rose is remembering... Timey-wimey shifting. Ooh, yes. (laughs) Rose is remembering her father, Pete Tyler, as we flash back to Jackie retelling child Rose about the day her father was killed by a hit-and-run driver. Jackie tells Rose she wished wished that someone was with him so he wouldn't have to die alone. Back in the TARDIS, Rose asks the doctor if she can see her father when he was alive. The doctor is a bit wary, but grants her request. They go back and see her parents' wedding. I I thought it was interesting that um, he's more cautious about her than the actual time, time continuum. So is this why you came with me to begin with, or mm, like that's or, later? Oh, that's true. That is later. But uh, he was. But he is wary. He's more. Are you sure you're ready for this? Do mm-hmm. you really want to do this? Is this going to be too upsetting? He says, "Be careful what you wish be for." Be careful what you mm-hmm. wish for. He has a look of this again. I know where we're going. Right, right. <laughs> but he's not really concerned with that. She could screw up time. Right. And not he does that. say he can't do anything, mm-hmm. which. They don't really do that anymore. No. They've, they've given the doctor limitations as they moved along. I'd also like to point out that it's great casting of young Rose. I could really like see Billy in that young actress. I was like, where did they find that girl? <laughs> I like the uh, scene at the wedding 
where he messes up her name. Pete messes up yeah. <laughs> Jackie's name. And, and what was <laughs> Little Princess Diana. Yeah, what was the response? Good enough for Diane? Good enough for me? Or <laughs> yeah, something like that. I like the, the opening, how we, we start on that slow push in on a photo. Mm-hmm. And it really sets like the tone of obituary and memorial. But then right before the the time vortex starts, it's a different photo, I think, where Pete's like happier and smiling, like already things have kind of changed a little bit mm-hmm. before we even get there. And even at the wedding, you know, he Pete screws up Jackie's name and Rose is like, I thought he would be taller. Mm-hmm. So even then. I mean, right from the very beginning, Rose sees that things aren't the way that she was told right. growing up. She's beginning to, you know, there's already little cracks in her image of her dad. Yes. Now, a big part of this episode is the balance or the fight between reality and fantasy. The fantasy we tell ourselves, the family, or the fantasy that Jackie tells Rose to Mm-hmm. better her father's in her eyes and you know, doesn't want to bad mouth him and just what our memories are even alike yeah. compared to what the reality of the situation was. Yeah. Because it isn't necessary that Jackie's lying to Rose. It right. could be just well, that just this is what another perspective of where his death affected her. Yeah. This her death affected her. And this is just, she's built this up in her head. This is her coping. And mm-hmm. that's what everybody does. Yeah. Rose asks if they could go to the day Pete dies so no, so someone can be there for him. The doctor obliges. They watch as her father gets hit by the car. Rose is overcome by emotion and just can't go to see her father. A few moments later, upset that she missed the opportunity, Rose asks if they can go back and try again. The doctor agrees, but warns her that this is very dangerous for two versions of them to be in the same place at the same time. They must be careful to wait until their earlier selves leave the scene before she goes to her dying father. Rose agrees. And this is where we get the, um, the bad wolf mentioned in this episode. Yeah. Yes. Where? I can't remember. It's from, it's on a poster. There's a poster for Energize. Yeah. And it has a date and then has somebody who's written bad wolf over it. It's written on it. And it's where Rose... And the, and, and the doctor stand, stand behind the, the corner. Uh, and it's a, like a tracking that. shot that goes from the wall to the street. Yeah, no third term for Thatcher, mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. else. And then the, it's on the, one of the last posters. It's like here. a rave party poster thing. And also um, when the doctor and Rose leave the TARDIS uh, on the day that Pete died, when they first step out, there's music playing. Mm-hmm. And the music is a song called Never Can Say Goodbye. Mm. So I always kind of laugh at that. Yeah. And the, the music isn't really coming from anywhere. Yeah, it's just like a neighborhood you'd hear coming out of someone's house. Well, yeah. Not, well, it's also setting the time period, too, I bet. they put. That yeah, it's from, yeah, it's not loud. It is in the background. So you, mm-hmm. a lot of times you don't catch it right away. You have mm-hmm. to second or third time watching it. Yeah. And I don't know if they did this intentionally, but, well, some of you guys might know. <laughs> um, the street he died on was called Jordan Road. And isn't it in the Bible where crossing the river Jordan is something Moses couldn't do? And that was kind of like a, almost um, like crossing the Rubicon moment. I don't think it's the river Jordan, but he it just cr- couldn't go into the promise. He couldn't go into Can- Canaan, right? Yeah. But no, he couldn't but, go into Israel. But to, mm-hmm. to get into it, they had to cross the river Jordan. That was like the border. 
Possibly. Yeah, that might be it then. Yeah. So I'm just wondering if somebody, does somebody throw that in just as like a, you know, crossing the Rubicon, don't cross the Jordan kind of a thing? Uh, we'll have to look that up. Or am I stretching? Am I stretching with that one? You'd have to look up where they, sh- you know, the location they shot that and if those streets are actually named that. Because if they made a point to change the name of the streets, then you're probably right. Oh. Well, I figured it would just be in the script. Okay, well, I'll look yeah. it up later. You know, I was just thinking, did the I'm writer, saying that's the did the writer throw that. something like that in? Could be. Just, just wondering. They're throwing lots of stuff in. I was like, yeah, you I can't, did like, can't do that. Don't cross that kind of a thing. I did like uh, the little bit of time traveler humor where you see yourself. I think it's uh, Back to the Future. Not sure if it predates that um, anywhere, but it's always fun, you know, to see the events then again from the mm, alternate perspective. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I don't know if Back to the Future was the first one to do it. The first one I saw as a kid, it blew my mind. But, um, no, yeah, and it's always interesting to see what they're going to screw up. And I don't know, we didn't really get, didn't quite get to it, but um, I want to talk about that when you get to that part. Okay. So first, um, when they arrive, Rose is surprised that's an ordinary day, and that's more of the, the whole fantasizing yeah, yeah, her like, father. Yeah. It's like, no, it's just an ordinary day. And we mm. always think about it when we remember something. Yeah, yeah. It's different. And then, no. Nope. It's cloudy in England. Hmm. Well, that's why I wanted to throw out that um, icebreaker in the beginning with the Our Town reference. I don't know if you guys remember the play, Our Town, mm-hmm. where she says, you can go back to a day, but pick an ordinary day because there's not much emotion attached to it. So that's mm-hmm. what reminded me a lot of this episode. Like, she's like, this is just an ordinary day. I know when I would go back. I would not have eaten that green banana. <laughs> <laughs> that was a bad day. It oh. wasn't ripe. No. <laughs> I I, I got so, Brian, you are right. Uh, the Jordan River is the river that Moses could not cross because that... Yeah, yeah he the, was forbidden. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, don't, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a dividing point. You don't mess with yeah. things. And, and so I'm just wondering... Yeah. Was it random or is it something so. that it I must be just, But it works. Yeah. It works. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, they watch their early, uh, meaning they, the Ro- uh, Rose and the doctor, watch them their earlier selves from behind a building. Rose jumps the gun and rushes forward to save her father from being run over. The earlier doctor and Rose disappear from existence. Rose is now ecstatic that Pete, her father, is alive, but the doctor looks quite angry. She tells Pete her name is Rose, same as his daughter's, and that she is also going to the same wedding. He offers uh, to give them a ride, but needs to stop by uh, his home first so he can change. Before you go on, we have to point out the most important thing in the entire episode. Yes. The vase survived. That's right. (laughs) So it it may have rolled, but it lived. And it, uh, it also has that reversed uh, musical cue when, when Rose runs. Yes. I, know, I know that Frank loves this. <laughs> yeah. So I wanted to well, point the that as, out. Uh, the Dalek. It aliens it's Dalek. of Lund? No, it's Dalek. Oh, is it? isn't it just on this episode? I don't know. No, that musical. No, they like, play that. No, it's Aliens of London. Which it's Aliens of London. Uh, came think. back to Earth. It's supposed to be 12 hours. Oh, you're right. You're right. months. That's right. And, <laughs> and, then, and also in Dalek, they use that, but not to this same effect. Right. I think right. it was great in this episode because they used it throughout and mm-hmm. the way they used it. And it makes sense for this episode yeah. because something's being changed, so things aren't, like, normal. And um, I like that. Yeah, also, too, what I was going to say earlier was that um, right before Rose and the, the first Rose and Doctor disappear, mm-hmm. he looks at her. 
Like, yeah. And you can't quite tell what his expression is, but it's almost, I, I kind of interpreted it like he is concerned for her. Like, he doesn't look around. He doesn't, like, oh, yeah. be looking like, what am I going to do? He looks to Rose, you know, because that's this is the relationship. Because this whole relationship is sort of like, a, a, a fight a couple has on a vacation <laughs> with their family. <laughs> like halfway through it, I was just like, oh, this, that's that's what this is like. And it kind of yeah. follows that structure. I, mean, I agree with you. I think that's really cool because the doctor looks at Rose to see like, how is she doing? She just witnessed right. her father dying, you know? Oh, I think it was like he saw what happened. He saw that oh, the, yeah. the, like he knows it. But before he even has time to think about, oh, no, we're not mm. going to exist in a moment. He looks to her yeah. as opposed to anything else. Mm -hmm. Uh, that's a great character moment. Thank you. Um, but the first time that they were there, he grabs her hand. Well, not forcefully grabs, but he right. takes her hand. And it made me think there's two different reasons. One, to support her, or Which two, her. to just hold her because mm -hmm. he knows it's going to be a tough thing that she may want to go mm -hmm. you know, before it happens. So is he doing both? Is he doing one or the other? I want to know Rose's motivation. Is she trying to fulfill her mother's wish that he doesn't die alone? Or does he want to, you know, it's like, why doesn't she want to save him the first time she's there? But she wants to be with him. She wants to be there to Does she want to be with him just to fulfill Jackie's wish? Has that been drained, you know, just beat into her so often as a kid rather than mm -hmm. just being with her father when he dies? Mm -hmm. But well, being there for her that. mother, this is what, you know, been built yeah. up all this time. She sort of says that later. She kind of confesses later in the episode. I'll bring that up right now. I mean, I don't think she's thinking of it's, Jackie's it's, motives there. I think she's thinking of her own. I think it's it's become her own. I think yeah. it's become so ingrained it's because of what Jackie own, yeah. wanted. It became what she, she said, wanted. You know, this is this is the story that her mother's told her forever. So that when she's thinking of the story, that's what she's thinking of mm -hmm. instead of the real. She's, right. she's yeah. now hearing in her head, there was no one there when mm -hmm. he died. I wish someone was there when, and it's not really Jackie's voice that she's hearing. It's probably just changed into this is what. No one was there when my father died. Mm -hmm. And that's, I just wanted, what, what, and I'm not articulating well, that's what I wanted clarified and through this. Because no, it was something that's so ingrained that it was the act itself without even thinking about it that mm -hmm. she wanted to be there. At yeah, point. like her whole life was, if her whole existence has been, if someone was there when my dad died. Right, you know, right. I'm sure she's been saying all her life, like, if I was there, I would have stopped him from dying. See, I don't think it goes that far. I think just somebody should have been there. Mm -hmm. So he wasn't alone. And she just failed the mm -hmm. first time, you know, right. she couldn't, like she's been thinking. That. I wish they would have shown her yeah. run off because that just mm. didn't say when she actually left. Yeah, it was kind of weird in the editing. I mean, I think it was a choice, but like uh, they didn't, it went from her, her just standing there to minute, you know, yeah. uh, back in the TARDIS. Later, yes. Like, well, no, she's outside on the wall and they hear the, um, oh, that's right. They're not back sirens the coming and yeah, she knows yeah. that he's, he yeah. passed away it was before a, yeah, you're right. the ambulance yeah. gets there. Yeah. It was a little confusing. I don't know if that was intentional. It, it, it would have been it's an artistic choice just to cut. It's like we don't need to know all the little details. Yeah. But in something that's time travel that she's going back and visiting again, yeah, it would have been nice to have seen when, really when she left, what time period she has to go to her dad. Yeah, yeah. And maybe it would have been better to see a little bit more of her struggling with herself. Like right. whether, while the doctor's holding her hand, it's like, no, because I think what we said. Go now. Oh, I can't. You know, oh, you know, or turning away or something. I think what we said was she wanted to be there for her dad at that point still. 
yes. when he died. So yes. it's like she wouldn't have gone beforehand. She didn't have that. No, I, I'm not talking about her going to save her father. I'm talking about going to just to be with him. Be there. Yeah. We didn't see like, this. We didn't see her struggle of her. Right. Like the accident has happened. The car is driven off. Pete's on the road. Right. We didn't see hers going. Her reaction uh, to or, that. Or, you know, right. the doctor saying, now, now, you right. know, now is yeah. the time. And cut. she, like you say, turning and running away. Know, for mm. all you know, they shot it and they had to cut it for time. Yeah, could time. Be. Yeah, yeah, could, be could it. have been. We don't know. So if anybody out there knows um, Paul Corneau, if you can. You know, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe somebody uh, spilled soda <laughs> on those tapes. <laughs> <laughs> so back at the Tyler apartment, the doctor accuses Rose of planning to save her father ever since she first entered the TARDIS. But he says, uh, she says it was a spur of the moment decision. He is so <laughs> angry. Very angry at this point. I, it's one of those things because I get the same way. When you are so just livid, mm -hmm. you shut down. Mm -hmm. And he just leans up against that wall and just stares yeah. at her yeah. while she goes and goes and goes. And he is so angry. <laughs> Yeah, I really liked he doesn't even speak. You see that in his face. And I think part of Rose trying to show all these great things about Pete is her guilt. Yes. She knows. Oh, it's totally her guilt. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, agreed. Yeah. Uh, they continue to fight, and he tells Rose to give him back the TARDIS key before saying goodbye. Um, it's also great that she, uh, the doctor points out that an ordinary man is the most important thing in creation, and there's an ordinary man that is alive that shouldn't be alive. Well, and it's great because Rose is saying he didn't prevent World War Three. He's yeah. not going to do any great things. He's just alive. Mm -hmm. And I love, yeah. with, same as you, where the doctor's just saying, it's one person. It's well, the greatest thing ever. Davies. Yeah. And wanting, no, every life has something to give, whether mm -hmm. it's ordinary. What it is is unique still. And that's what his doctors show. And even this episode, I think, is really pointing on that because it does say it's an ordinary day. Mm -hmm. It does say these are, he's an ordinary life. Later on, they use that same, it's ordinary, but that's what makes it so unique and special. Yes, I agree with you. And I love that they yeah. spend time pointing this out in this episode. Ordinary is fantastic. Yes. I like the uh, decor of the apartment. At first, I didn't recognize it as being the same apartment that we oh, have. I didn't even think about it. And it is yeah, the it same is. apartment. It it's is. like, oh my oh. gosh, this thing's cluttered. <laughs> and the walls are purple. <laughs> and some of the waters have the, the uh, paintings and drawings that are definitely 80s. 80s yeah. yeah. Well, and all that like home, like like make dr drink stuff that you sell from home and things that was very big back then. It all like right. sort of personal entrepreneurship selling things. It was a very big 80s thing. And just that's so Pete of trying the next greatest thing. No, that's bad, yeah. Doesn't work in this world. Yeah, no. <laughs> Ooh, didn't want to give a spoiler. Stop <laughs> it. Um, unseen creatures from above watch the doctor as he leaves the apartment complex. All across town, the creatures are attacking people, making them disappear. At the church, there's a groom, and he notices that many of his guests are missing. Meanwhile, the doctor arrives at the TARDIS, but finds it is just a regular police box. I remember the first time watching this episode, that was the biggest shock. Oh, yeah. Ever. When he opens up the doors and it's yeah. just a normal, a normal box. Yeah. I, I, I remember just audibly gasping <laughs> because it was just so, that's bad. Like, what <laughs> is going on here? Yeah. Like, the whole gimmick of the show has just been turned off. Yeah, this is, this is... You know, it's Superman losing his powers kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I know. Yeah. He can't travel any, anymore anywhere. 
It's Batman losing his... Belt. belt. <laughs> <laughs> like horrible backstory. It's Batman losing his Alfred. Because <laughs> I remember a Super Friends episode where they capture each Super Friend, and like uh, Superman's like, oh, my superpowers are gone. Um, Flash, my super speed is gone. <laughs> Batman and Robin get captured. Our utility belts are gone. <laughs> <laughs> Our fashion accessories no longer here. Um, I wanted to point out that in the original script of that scene with the TARDIS, where the doctor opens it up and discovers it's, it's uh, just an interior of the police box, this was changed because of uh, production issues. It was going to cost too much to have it like collapse. Oh, I think what they did was help oh, it, out. Yeah, that. absolutely. Yeah, better. More effective. The simplicity of Much it. more effective. Yeah. Now, they did try to get a little humor into the last two scenes. Um, when the doctor is yelling at Rose, well, you know, calls another stupid ape. And I guess that's mm, yeah. an Adam reference because that's the only companion. But I, I, well, I feel like Eccleston really always calls ape. humans apes when he's angry. Yeah. Right. True. Yeah. I think it's, yeah, I think it's more broader. But then Pete talking to Rose going, um, well, he'll be back as, you know, if, I was dating someone like you, and her reaction, stop right now, do not go there. That's the Bermuda Triangle, you never go there. That was a good piece of humor. Doesn't, and doesn't she say before that, like when she's still standing at the door, why does everyone think we're a couple? Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and then she puts out her arm for him yeah. to grab it, and she's like, that's not going to send a signal. I'm like, no, what? Yeah. <laughs> And then the father of the groom does not want this wedding to happen. Yeah. <laughs> he is not a fan of the bride. Well, I like that they gave the secondary minor characters backstories. Oh, yeah. You know, like, I mean, it wasn't just a wedding where the bride and groom were happy and everybody is happy. There was just a little bit of... Enough. Yeah, just There's a little enough. bit, a little taste. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, of reality. Of reality. Where it's just like, no, he's not happy. It doesn't mean anything to the... Story to the story, the but it makes them more realistic and relatable. Yeah, yeah. I want to know the story why he decided to wear that earring. <laughs> it's in the eighties. Eighties. Don't you remember <laughs> oh those in the eighties? Yeah, I do. Those but... earrings were so eighties. Those little red, they're not red, but gold round. I think just the one. Things. Just the one. Yeah. 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 I had a friend who bought. A pair of earrings, and he and oh, this no. other guy oh. each wore one. Because <laughs> it's like, what do you do with it? Because <laughs> you only have. We were in London on a trip with a group of people. <laughs> oh, okay. And so we didn't really know the different people, but they said, "No, let's get this stud earring." And we you know, it was just funny to see the earring trying to look cool with that haircut that looked the most, <laughs> the most yearbook looking haircut I've ever seen. Uh, you know who also remembers that earring in the 80s? Harrison Ford. <laughs> <laughs> Not in, in the, the 80s. 80s. No, he wore it later. But he's remembering the 80s. That's oh, what okay. he wore. <laughs> oh, I thought it was because he's in his 80s. <laughs> Could the, be, too. And the brick telephone. Yeah, I love oh. that. It wasn't as big as some other ones. But no, was, no, I mean, yeah, because this was still, this was 87. Seven. It was yeah. 87. The 85 was when you had those gigantic those gray, ones. gray things. But, yeah, by this point, you had... It was a perfect yeah. time for that. To um, show that, yeah. And boy, that I remember. Those were just like, <laughs> wow, that's the coolest thing ever. Um, and speaking of the phone, the, the, the timeline is scrambled, so there's a message that comes oh. over the phone. And it's, um, it's misquoted in the show. What does he say in the show? In the show, it says, Watson, come here. I need you. Oh. The real quote is... Mr. Watson. Mr. Watson, come here. I want to see you. Oh, really? I always heard it as I need you. I don't think... Where are you I, getting I, your I, other, your new Were you there? Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, there is coming out that that's the wrong saying. It's, the, it's the wrong quote because 
when they originally recorded it, the guy had an accent, so it sounded too like oh. you couldn't tell that it was going to say the um, guy. You mean Alexander the, Graham Bell? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the guy that recorded it, the, the actor that recorded it. It was so they decided oh. to paraphrase it to come here. Oh, you mean you. In like the movie, the original movie, or something? No, the um, the episode of Doctor Who. The guy who said it when in, he said the it the show. right way was I've too always British. Heard it growing up and over the years is "Come here, I need you." Right. I I just looked it up. It's "Come here, I want to see you." I understand that you just <laughs> said that, but what I learned growing up is it's the other. Okay. But so it's curious. It's like it's not recorded. It's not like it's on. It's yeah. On yeah. I don't know if no. we really know exactly so, what they said. Sure. I'm just. But saying. it was something like that. It was cool too. Like because I. Is this a Sherlock reference? But then I kept thinking about it the first time I watched it, and I was like, wait, that's kind of cool. It's oh, like, you didn't know? Not at first, and then I figured it out later. Oh. And I was like, that's pretty cool. Yeah, there's some movie I saw when I was a kid, and I remember learning it in school. And even the Voyager's that? episode. There. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's on the commentary where they explain why Fra- they changed Frank will have a Voyager's <laughs> podcast one day because he loves that show. For the three show. people who still remember that. Yeah. <laughs> The, the first time we heard that was in the car, right? With yes, over the... the uh, uh, and so Pete. Continue. We're still having a oh. there, have we? Or did we? No, yeah. <laughs> uh, at the church, the bride and Jackie arrive with baby Rose. As Pete and Rose pull up, the car that nearly ran Pete down appears out of thin air and almost hits them. Rose yells, Dad, and Pete swerves out of the way. After they get out of the car, Pete and Jackie begin to fight, which seems to be the norm for them. I want to go back to the so we car. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, you mentioned the music when they first arrive. Mm-hmm. And in the car, we have Rick Astley, Never Going to Give You Up. Which yeah. was 87, yes. which is perfect. Yes, which was almost Rick Again, Rolling. the but title, Never Going to Give You Up, along with Never Can Say Goodbye. Yeah. All right. yeah. <laughs> but then it, it shifts. I don't know if you guys know the streets, the the music that it turns into. That is more contemporary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the rap-ish kind mm-hmm. of Yeah, British I don't rap. know that song, but yeah. I knew yeah, it wasn't says, from 87. Yeah, she said that's not out yet. That's not out right, yet. It's supposed to be 2002 yeah. from what I've seen. I listened to I it in stuff. college, but okay. <laughs> I, I don't know what the connection is other than that, that it's no, that music the time getting You were in college in 2002. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> I was in college in 1987. <laughs> that's the bridge. Yes. No, the bridge wow. was Billy Joel album. That was, <laughs> that was a very good album. <laughs> that was, yeah, was even it? earlier. There we go. What year did the bridge come out? I bet you it was 87. I mean, that'd be funny. Speaking of the 80s and uh, space uh, launches, I remember where I was when the Challenger blew up. Yeah, yes, so do I. 30-year anniversary. I was in college. Yeah. That was my first day of my astronomy class, and my, I sat down, and the teacher said, I'm not going to teach today. You all know why. And I remember going, why? Because mm. I hadn't heard yet. Mm-hmm. And then the moment he said it, I just raced home. I will not tell you where I was when that blew up because you will cry. Nursery? <laughs> Your nursery? <laughs> anyway, back to the episode. Back to the episode. Not, Billy Joel's The Bridge came out in 1986. Oh. I said back to the episode. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but also, while they're driving. Gee, we need Kelsey here to say, yes. get on topic. <laughs> the car is following them. You can see yes, it in the river and, the and then also goes off a different direction. So this car... Is tied to Pete. It's in its, its own little weird time loop that's tied to Pete and moves to follow Pete. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, really? See. They weren't just driving on that road? I no, it's a different road. Were... Oh, well, because it disappears. It keeps disappearing. Yeah. And so it keeps moving. So I have a feeling if Pete left the church and went somewhere else, it the would car would still be appearing and disappearing mm. wherever he is. So it's almost like orbiting him. Yeah. 
Because it, it's like the timeline wanting to correct itself. Yeah. Right, because where he actually ends up getting hit, hit is, is not where is he not got where hit. He almost got mm-hmm. hit. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Because mm, okay. yeah. I guess he got hit right outside his apartment. Yes. And then, You're right. Yeah. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll get there. All right. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> yeah. I liked Jackie's hair. <laughs> I have to so say, much. She looks so great. Of everything, 80s. everything in this episode, spot on. Jackie is the '80s. Everybody <laughs> else, it's like whenever they do the things know, in Pete, the past, Pete, the stuff Pete was wearing. But the thing about it that gets me, whenever they go back in time, they force it. They mm. do every stereotype where, like, was. all the people didn't all wear that crap. Well, Jackie true, was. Right dead on oh yeah and jackie was the one i was thinking you could take a picture of jackie and it was looked like she was from the 80s if you took a picture of everybody together it would look like the 80s threw up on something (laughs) (laughs) and that is not realistic because i don't know if it was that much no not that bad epitomize it she was great Uh, but i don't know if it was that i mean this isn't as bad as some other things but jackie i just you know when jackie got out of the car it was like oh yeah absolutely Um, that was a wig. Really? Yeah. I hate to burst that bubble, but that was a wig. <laughs> That's not bursting a bubble. This is a TV show. None of it's real. <laughs> uh, the doctor runs up and yells for everyone to get into the church. Oh, yes. Before you move on to that, I do want to say that with the argument between Pete and Jackie and, Jackie. and Rose is watching this, you can see her world view shattering. is shattering. Yeah. You know, it, this is just shattering all her notions where it's like they weren't necessarily happy. Look at them. They're arguing like crazy. Jackie has a lot of ammunition in the mm-hmm. argument. Um, you know, he's a terrible businessman. He's got his little schemes that never work. He's and, a cheater. And the Kochek girl. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. a cheater, which that's the doozy. Mm-hmm. And she gets in the guy. She calls him a useless. Where's that useless article of a dad? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, mm. and that's just shatters Rose, which yeah. is kind of a symbolic gesture of physically what's going around mm-hmm. you know and the also, world is shattered and also goes back to the doctor's warning like be careful what you be wish careful for what you wish for but and jackie uh, had the best line oh pete you never used to like the mental <laughs> <laughs> and also too while they're arguing you uh as rose is getting more upset you hear the baby rose start get to upset. cry more and yeah. more so like this is what she was gonna grow up around yes so it's like the baby's having the same reaction as rose and so which had that reaction mm-hmm. so it's almost like that's what happens psychologically like you know when we yeah. hear people argue it's it's, it's what we were imprinted on and mm-hmm. so she yells at the same moment the baby's you know couldn't take it anymore either but right before the doctor arrives they're in the background pete and jackie coming together again yeah i mean pete is talking her down and you could see that there was something there between them they still love each other jackie's just fed up with not having the life that she thought they were going to have. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the same kind of fantasy reality thing, but she didn't expect to have all these things cluttering up the apartment. You know, it's just, mm-hmm. But you can see that they still love each other, and Rose sees that. Mm-hmm. And then the doctor comes in, and Rose has that smirk on her face. I knew you were going to leave me, and <laughs> instantly turns to, oh, crap. Yeah, <laughs> I really like that moment, how she, can, how, she see, how she, her expression changes when she sees that his expression, like she knows what that look means, right. and him running. And also at this point in the episode, the, the music cue changes, or the music changes mm-hmm. to reflect like this inner 
shattering of images in her mind. Um, the doctor runs up and yells for everyone to get into the church. The creatures appear in the sky and attack as people run away. The doctor explains that time has been damaged and these creatures are here to fix it by consuming everything. He notices through a window of the church a car appearing, rounding the corner and disappearing again. Pete puts the pieces together and discovers that Rose is his daughter. Yeah, I really like how perceptive Pete is. You yeah, know, right, the, right off the bat. Yeah. yeah, oftentimes they make these characters like you want to yell at the TV, right. like "Don't you get it?" But he really he starts putting things together very quickly. And, and I like that because it's kind of apparent to their child. A parent knows their child, mm-hmm. you know, regardless once regardless of what you know. I, my mom had this weird thing. You know, I, I remember one instance. When my brother worked at the forum as an usher, we were on one side of the forum. My mom looked down across the entire forum to an aisle tunnel on the opposite end and went, that's Mike. (laughs) And we went, no, it can't be. And she's like, I know my son. And she was right. I mean, Mm. just apparent is there's something inherent in there. Mm -hmm. And whenever that kind of stuff pops up in TV shows like that, I always kind of remember and have a good feeling from that. Oh, yeah. Me too. And once he starts hearing... Believing the time trap. Once he still, what does that mean? Once he starts, uh, um, once he finds out that time travel is possible and that's a factor in life now, that's like the final key to him figuring it out. And he accepts it quickly. She said that. I mean, he said, put all that stuff together beforehand. Why should this whole thing is her fault? Why they think it's her fault? What was the thing that caused that? Sounds like Jackie has his eyes. He gave her the car keys, which most yeah. guys would not give her. Yeah, but he didn't, keys. like, finally... Nobody inherently no. trusted her. Yeah, yeah. He felt comfortable But he, he knew something her. was up. But then, they, but then he says, you, you know, he knows it's, it's Rose. And later on, she says that it's a time machine. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, he goes, wait a minute, that's how you got here. This is a time machine. Does everybody have this? Is that not what's happening? Right, but, doesn't the, but there's monsters and this and that now. Like, didn't they talk about time travel before? No. Oh, okay. But just, just going, I don't know how you got here. I don't know what's going on. It's just he knows mm-hmm. this is Rose, his daughter. Mm-hmm. And he accepts things really quick. Like, he sees all this, and he's not freaking out necessarily like other people are. Yeah. Kind of like Rose. Mm-hmm. You know, where Rose did mm-hmm. in the beginning, where she just kind of went, I, you know, she wasn't... I don't know what's going on, but she adapted really quick. Mm-hmm. And Pete does too. Pete really begins to accept things pretty quick. And I think as as a viewer at this point, we we kind of subliminally get that that's okay for Pete because Rose is like that. Yes. And I think that's yeah. that's a great like character moment for Pete. Um going back to the doctor yelling everybody to get into the church. I like that he describes that older structures, the older a structure is, the stronger it is. Mm-hmm. I just always love that line. Yeah. It's yeah. Cool. I like it's sort of like a double science and, and, and a religion thing. Like yeah. Yeah, you go into the church for sanctuary, but it's, but because there's of the science, re- it actually yeah. is because it's so old. I love that. Um, and also in, at this point, he talks to the bride and groom, how they're ordinary mm-hmm. and how, Meeting, meeting one night and sharing and a street a cat corner, home. sharing it, yeah, and at two in the morning. That's I will save you, and I just love that. It's yeah, again, ordinary is awesome. Yeah, a little uh, VFX stuff. I, I remember watching this episode the first time and not really liking the 
the creatures. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but watching it again, they weren't as bad. And I don't know. I've gotten used to them. Yeah. Um, I do like how their movements are not fluid and that makes them more creepy. I don't know if you guys noticed that they're like a mm -hmm. little more staccato in their movements. Mm -hmm. Like it almost looks like an insect. Yeah. Right. Like doing this. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. kind of cool. I mean, they, they definitely look better than um, the Langoliers. I haven't read the, <laughs> oh. the book, but I saw the, the movie, or the made-for-TV movie yeah, yeah. with uh, yeah. Balky. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. <laughs> so they, they definitely did better than, than that. And I think they're kind of creatures that the shorter the visual effects shots were, the better. The more effective. Yeah, yeah the ones where you got really long looks at them, then you kind of... that. They've got a little too long, but like the shorter ones, the quick shots, and also I love the ones through the stained glass. Oh, that, yeah. I was just gonna say the ones with the stained glass are the most effective. They're the right. mo they're great. And side but, note that they're called Reapers, but yeah. it's never mentioned in the episode. That's why we're not really oh, using that yeah. title. Hmm. How do we know? It's that, on the then? closed captioning. Uh, yeah, the, it's also on the commentary. What does it say in the closed captioning? A reaper screeches. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> This, this, this is going to be originally more of a character piece, you know, showing Rose and showing the backstory of the companion and what's going on with that to be the so-called, you know, like cheap episode, not really having a lot of oh. visual effects. Yeah, because if you think about it, it's more character driven than like adventure driven. On right. This one. Um, but the director um, uh, wanted Joe. to have something in it, and then BBC said, yes, we want to have more monsters. This is mm -hmm. what mm -hmm. Doctor Who is. We want to have the monster mm -hmm. of the week. So they put a lot more money into that, and <laughs> it didn't turn out to be... The cheap episode. <laughs> the cheap <laughs> yeah. So then Boomtown became the cheap episode for the season. So it's like, kind you know, back in the, back in the 80s, way. the cheap episode would be your flashback episode. You right. know, oh, gee, the somebody's tied show. us up. Do you remember that time <laughs> when we got robbed three years ago? That kind of stuff. And so nobody likes doing those. So, like, I think once a season, you can point to one episode of Doctor Who and say that's the cheap episode. It kind of evolves into, they now call them Doctor Light episodes, mm -hmm. because it's usually the episode where the Doctor's not in a lot of scenes. Like Blink? Blink. Yes. Yes. Blink is a cheap episode. Yeah, and isn't that amazing? And what's strange, this is a flashback type of episode where it bookends yes. with that flashback. Yeah. So it's, you know, page yeah. to the 80s in that way. But it was great that they realized that there was more to this. Yeah. They and, they, right. Yeah, Boomtown becomes the cheap episode of the season after yeah. this, which when we get to Boomtown in a few weeks, um, I think is to its... Um, credit. That it helps it. Yes. To its credit, yes. Oh, yes. Because, yeah, because yeah. it becomes... Like a play. Which one is that? <laughs> well, in a couple of weeks, we'll, we'll, cover we'll get there. It. But what's the, what's the gist? The Rex Akurical Falbatorians are back. She's the, she's oh, okay. She's, <laughs> Very good. she's the mayor. Yes, yes, yes. Well, just like a Wrath of Khan, is they considerably lowered the budget and they focused on the story. Yeah. And it made that movie like the best Star Trek movie. I mean, it's Jaws. It's like, yeah. <laughs> because it didn't yeah. work, works so much, because the shark didn't work, works so much better for the movie, yes. not seeing it as much. Yeah. So I think that's, it's funny how it, things work out. I mean, it is good, but it can also be bad. I mean, I can't think of any bad examples now, but you know, it, I, I mean, I think it is kind of. Well, you couldn't do the Jaws thing with like, you know, Independence Day. No, we, we need to see a lot more effects on that. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> Independence Day, you know, I don't think Independence Day did Independence Day. <laughs> it's one of those things is like, you know, having smaller stuff isn't necessarily better. It's, it's, it's the story. You know, can yes. you have a story? Can you make a story work without spending a lot of money? Sometimes yes, and sometimes no. Mm -hmm. So 
you know, they just get a lot of. And I think the the because there is a Doctor Light episode. We'll get to it. It's it's your favorite. Oh, (laughs) and it's just not good. It is not a good story. All right, moving on. (laughs) The doctor warns Rose to stay away from baby Rose and that if they touch, it would cause a paradox which would strengthen the creatures and let them inside the church. The Time Lords could have dealt with this. Would it strengthen the teachers or weaken time? I don't know, but... What's the difference? From what I remember, it was strengthening the creatures so they can get inside, get into the get older inside. buildings and things that have been around for longer. Because they see something that's not supposed to happen. I think right. that's what... I took it as it's it's weakening the time continuum so they're able to get in. Mm. It could be both. Yeah, I think it's both. Yeah, it could be both. I mean, that to me is the same. I'm just mincing. Yeah. It's the same <laughs> thing. Huh. Uh, the Time Lords could have dealt with this, but now that um, they're not around, he doesn't know what to do. The Doctor, meaning... Uh, the TARDIS key glows, and the Doctor energize, uh, energizes it to gradually bring the TARDIS back. Using? Using a cell phone battery. But a yeah, brick. Sonic can, but a brick cell oh, phone. <laughs> uh, Pete asks Rose. Hold on one sec. Okay. Because um, this is a scene where they make up, where the Doctor and Rose make up, because they've been fighting. Fighting this Fighting and feuding. You know, and he says, you know, sorry, and... The Brian, strange thing is that the doctor has seen the car outside, so he knows... Something's up. No, he knows that Pete should be dead. Mm. This car is still here, so this instant, Pete should still be dead. And he's trying to find other ways around it so that he doesn't have to hurt Rose. Mm-hmm. And he's explained to Rose, it's like, yeah, you know, she goes, I'm not stupid. Yeah, you could have fooled me because <laughs> what you did was dumb. And she realizes it, and she apologizes, and he cups her face... Like the father would. Yes, and later on, Pete does true. the same thing yeah. in a fatherly touch. And then they embrace. It. It's like, okay, now we're back into a team. We're working together. And the thing is, he didn't have his TARDIS. It's like the inside of the TARDIS was somewhere else. Mm-hmm. It was pushed out of this time bubble, time change, alternate time. But the key's still linked to it. So, yay. That's it's like, now I can figure out what to do. Like now that, with the TARDIS, like now we have with a the plan. right stuff, we can do something. But it's going to take time to bring the TARDIS back. Yeah. Um, this is a little, like maybe a little more morbid, but every time now that I've seen the, this episode multiple times, every time I see that car run around and then I see the doctor, see the car run around, I feel like I just want the doctor to just go push Pete out into the (laughs) (laughs) and fix the timeline and we're back. Oh, that's not a little more morbid. No. (laughs) Well, if the time Lords were around, they would. Yeah. That's what the time Lords would do. Kill Pete. Yeah, but every time I see the doctor seeing that car run around, he's like, I think the machinations in his head just makes me want to push Pete into the way. And he does, because that's what's right. That's what should happen. But yeah. he doesn't want to. But he cares about Rose. Rose. Yeah. Yeah. Do that. yeah. I get a kick out of the driver of the car doing the old, you know, putting his arms Arm in front of his face. Yeah. Because that's what you do when you're about to run into something. <laughs> did we, have, air, did we have airbags have, in the have to pay them less because they can't see his oh, face. Maybe. You know? <laughs> it's now just an extra rather it's than probably the character. because that was a stuntman driving. Right. Or maybe it was Eccleston again and they just... <laughs> <laughs> what does the doctor say? How does he phrase that the Time Lords are gone? I, I wanted to mention it and I forgot to write it down, but he says something like... I think my, my people... people my people were... Would have dealt with this. Yes. No, but I'm saying because yeah. he said what he says. OK, this isn't an exact quote, so don't crucify me. But he says. My people were ripped away. And now it's happening to me. Mm. He says something like that. I wish I could remember the exact line, because to me, it was very interesting. Where it was like. 
okay, what kind of what he was saying was my people didn't just die. There mm-hmm. was some time cataclysm. And, and, and now we know f- about the time war. We know that he killed everybody, but now we're kind of getting a hint that it was, he got rid of them in a really significant, odd, mm-hmm. different way. Yeah. And because then he says, and now it's happening to me. So it isn't that just that they're dying. It's just that there's this time cataclysm that's destroying everything. And so that's how the time Lords were died. Yeah. Um, they're like erased sort of, it's more interesting me for me now, Mm -hmm. you know, years later and seeing what, what happened, what happens, you know, where it is kind of one of those things where it's like, Oh, that's kind of interesting. I I don't know. It was just an interesting little, you know, it's not even a clue. It's not even a hint, but it was a good way to write it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not just that, Oh, my people died and now I'm dying. Yeah. Well, now that we, uh, reviewed the tape. Give us yeah, a playback. The Time Lords are gone, and now I'm going the same way. So he doesn't yeah. mention something specific, but to me, it just seems like an odd, and Choice. I'm going the same way. Yeah. It's like there's some time cataclysm yeah. that happened to the Time Lords. It wasn't just that they blew up. Or they died. Yeah, like, or they died or something like yeah. that. Yeah, it wasn't like, you know, he released a virus on them or something like mm-hmm. that. And I'm going the same way. There's some aspect problem with time. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Just my little thing. Um, and we also are going to mention Mick, baby or young Mickey. Coming, yeah, coming that in. was a fun little bit. Yeah, because uh, I remember watching that episode the first time and seeing the kid on the swing. I'm like, is that young Mickey? Did you really think that? <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. I did, did you really? Didn't. Yeah. I didn't. I mean, because that's his grandmother. I did think, what I is he so. wearing? No. But it was the <laughs> <Right>. 80s. <laughs> but so. then when he shows up and just hugs Rose. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I was yeah, like, that was great. I was right. It's Mickey. <laughs> but I thought they were the same age. Rose and Mickey, I thought, were a lot closer. Because he's at least four. Uh, yeah. Like TV magic. He looked like he was five. <laughs> he he, I'm he looks to older. Work it so that they're a little right. closer together in age. You know, it's like at right, least so, four. But he seemed five. But Yeah, so wait a second. So if she's 19. He's 24, 25. Okay, so she was just born. Okay, right, right. I can see that. Yeah. I guess that's okay. But still, I would always I, picture him younger. Yeah. I just picture them, like, being in the Similar. same, in school together. Yeah. Maybe he was held back a few grades. So. Oh, no, that's just mean. Maybe he held himself <laughs> back so he could be in the same grade with Rose. Oh, <laughs> oh that's romantic. <laughs> and how quickly the ties change. <laughs> Pete and asks, see what that gets him. <laughs> um, Pete asks Rose what type of father he became and realizes he wasn't around. He was uh, meant to die this day. Jackie overhears part of the conversation and fights with Pete about having another daughter. Yeah, I think it's funny how she everything that Jackie hears is misinterpreted. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Like an episode of Three's Company. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Rose, you always name your kids Rose? Was <laughs> a secondhand name? Yes. How old were you, 12? <laughs> one other thing, too, I do want to say is that when Tasha figures out that she should be dead. Oh, wait, wait, sorry. <laughs> when Pete figures out that he should be dead, the actor does such a great job there. Yeah. Because, <clears throat> you the, know, he's not terrified but he's scared he's he he you know he he knows what's going on but he can't believe what's going on and this actor carries it off and Mm -hmm. a lot of it is just in his facial expressions i mean he does talk to rose he does talk to jackie but a lot of it you know when he's looking out the window and he's realizing what i have to do Mm -hmm. it's Mm. he does it really 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 complex role yes and and this guy sells it yeah 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 hopefully they bring him back what's his name 
Uh, hold on. Yeah. Hold on. But he had a great <laughs> Tasha line. His name is, uh, the actor's name is Sean Dingwall. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> and he had a great actor. I don't know about he, that name. <laughs> he had another great line. I'm your dad. It's my job to, for it yeah. to be my fault. Yeah. Yes. I mean, he yeah. owned it's, that yeah. really well. I mean, it's, I think I, I remember watching thing like this is a great episode for new parents to watch <laughs> you to see how you can damage your child <laughs> by, by fighting in front of them. And, uh, you know, cautionary tale for adults. Um, earlier, we were talking about the, um, the close ups. And right here is where it's effective. Um, because yeah, this episode has a lot of extreme close ups shots. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, already well, throughout it. And. It is more intimate, so mm -hmm. I didn't really notice it too much the first yeah. time I watched it, but going back and having the larger TV now, <laughs> really, it's yeah, close it's up. Like right well, that's another thing, too. No one, in, in 2005, we didn't have these big TVs like right. we used to. Also, too, I mean, just filmmaking-wise, oh, jeez, my microphone keeps falling, folks. <laughs> Gotta go see a doctor. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. Um, just filmmaking-wise, you don't think about, like, Maybe they did all the coverage, but those other takes didn't capture the emotion that they needed. Or maybe they're watching the, the, these close-ups like, oh, I wish we got medium shots. It's already shot. Mm -hmm. You know, they can't. You know, television they can't do reshoots and stuff like that sometimes with budgetary costs. So, so yes, it, it, it's they're too close. But at the same time, it's it's a matter of television production and like that's but what was you it get filmed. Hmm? Uh, ratio four by three, you know, regular. Uh, this no, no, this was, was sixteen it, by know, nine because we're into sixteen. Yeah, it was not high def, but it was sixteen <laughs> but by still, nine. Still, some people still kept. Well, the four. Yeah. The oh yeah, yeah. Back, oh, it's so. it's four by three safe. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we're getting really. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know, so it is. But I think it's definitely meant to be. Not everybody listening's in the industry. It's definitely right. But I'm I'm just saying that you don't know sometimes. What you shoot comes back. You when you're actually right. watching it, you're like, oh, like I said, oh, I wish we got a little mm -hmm. farther away. But these are great performances. Right. I think this is an absolute choice. Yeah, I think this is the director. Yeah. I think oh, yeah. the director is. I you know this, especially if it was going to be a cheap episode while they were filming it. Well, because they wouldn't have to make a set, or you know that much well, of a set. Well, no, well, they're they in locations, <laughs> which are really good set. But it, but it is like. I mean, that is a definite choice. Maybe you know, those extreme close-ups. But it worked the first the entire, time I watched it. I didn't even notice it. It always mm -hmm. bugs really? me. Really? Yes. Because to me, I reach Maybe a point. Maybe you just have a problem with I intimacy. I always reach a point where I go, what? what? Maybe you just have a problem with intimacy. <laughs> <laughs> Who told? Um, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Pete died on November 7th. That's our anniversary. Oh, oh that's so sweet. It is. It's a little bit morbid. <laughs> Maybe the March. We just see it as a Doctor Who connection. <laughs> but I do always reach a point in this episode where it's like, step back three feet. It it's too much for me, and it always has been. And for, for me, it's always the opposite. Like I want to hug everybody in this episode. Like tell them it'll be okay. I'm Maybe. not the hugging type. <laughs> Maybe they're close talkers. It's just a way to hide your face. <laughs> oh, I jumped the time stream. <laughs> um, uh, I wanted to also talk about how the realization of Pete figuring out that he's supposed to be dead is just amazing. Like, Rose is trying to inspire him. Like, you did this, you did that. It was great. And he's like, that's not me. Yeah. Yeah. That's like heartbreaking almost. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, you told me a, a bedtime story every night. You never missed it. And he's, he's like, like, no, that didn't happen. He's like, I don't know how to read. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that, that just goes more to how great 
the writing is that they allowed Pete to be perceptive right. mm-hmm. of these things where, yeah, it would be very easy to, yeah. to mm-hmm. make him, you know, a dumb, dumb guy or something like dumb that. American. Yeah. You're right. So um, let's go back to the top. They wouldn't be as horrible <laughs> as to make him an American. I mean, Sorry. come on now. They have some standards. But it goes back to Tasha. He had a meaningless death and now his death is going to mean something. Oh, huh. Yeah, you know, all right. It's very similar. I never story in that. carried it further. <laughs> well, but yeah, because he actually gets to save his daughter. Yeah, well, he saves everybody. Yeah, but I mean, you know. Yeah, he saves his daughter, but I, you know, he knows yeah. that he's saving the whole world mm-hmm. too. And that he had this extra time. Yeah. You know, to realize it and know it and got to meet and see what she's going to be. I like never thought of it that way, but yeah. Yeah, so it's like every parent wants to live long enough to see their who their child becomes. Right. He already he got that in a weird way but got it. Timey, yeah. way away um absent-mindedly pete hands baby rose to adult rose which allows a creature into the church the doctor is eaten by the creature who then flies to where the tardis is materializing and both it and the tardis disappear yeah but we got to talk about what he says you know what he first says when the creature comes in but he says, he says, get behind me. I'm the oldest thing in here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I love that. Like mm-hmm. the old building, old structure, and that old hymn. Oh, great stuff. And from her, don't touch the key. And now we find <laughs> yeah. out what happens if you Don't do. touch the baby. <laughs> it's I always like to find out, you know, when they say don't do something, I want to know what the consequences are. Stupid and now age. we know. I keep thinking of uh, Con Air. Put the bunny down. <laughs> <laughs> don't touch the baby. I hope that's the only time you think about Con Air. <laughs> when I was in a blow dryer. But at this point, it's like, what can Take we do? Take it back. <laughs> there it is. There's at the moment. But at this point, it's like, what is left? Are they going to end the show? Because yeah. the TARDIS is gone. The doctor's gone. Yeah. Everything's going to be gone. Like, that's it. There is no way out other than... The only thing left decides. is ordinary people. Mm. So ordinary people ordinary now day. having a... Yeah. Need to solve everything. It's a depressing movie. Yeah, it's a great movie. Oh, and we're not going off on that tangent. No, we're not. Okay. I was working on the tangent, but that... Doesn't but I was going to say about the, the, the old... You know, things being old. Mm-hmm. I can see it from a writer's point of view of, oh, I need some reason why they're not attacking the church. It just need, okay, Oh, a throwaway line. Okay, it's old. But it works. Great. But it works. And then all of a sudden you can get such richness mm-hmm. and depth from just a throwaway piece of plot that you have to get past, you know, and it just makes it into this. And then it also solves, okay, they're going to attack me first because I'm the oldest. Mm-hmm. Great. It just raises the stakes. Yeah. So much. With the end of the world approaching, Pete watches the car outside repeatedly disappear and reappear as it turns the corner. He realizes his death will fix the wound in time. He says goodbye to Jackie and Rose and leaves the church. He runs in front of the car and is hit, restoring the timeline. Uh, And all carrying... Brian? Oh, yeah, the vase breaks. (laughs) (laughs) But I I do want to say one thing. That's when we should all realize Pete is not the important thing. It's the vase. vase. <laughs> the vase is saved. Time goes wacky. 
The vase breaks. Time goes back to normal. It's the vase, people. It's not Pete. Pete was just an ordinary bloke. And Jackie knew it. That stupid vase. That stupid vase. I'm sorry. This whole episode, it should be vases day. I'm just saying. Well, I did think it when, when she deliberately hands him the vase before he goes outside, I did think like, well, I guess in a way the vase is just as important as Pete because yes. it's an article that was yeah. destroyed and now it's not. It, it almost, right. it almost, the way she hands it to him, it's almost like you're going to battle. Here's your yes, rifle. <laughs> <laughs> and he runs out there like he's carrying a rifle. You know, it's just great. Um, and also at this point in the story or the episode's story, we don't want Pete to die, even though no. from be- the beginning we know that he's dead. And it goes back to that thing that the people that want to die, we don't want. Or it's the opposite. Like the people that want to die, they're not going to die. But the people that don't want to die, die. Okay. Uh, it's just one <laughs> of those those things as a writer. Like you, you work it out where you don't want this to happen. You build oh, up to it and then right. you give it. You, you do that thing that you don't want to do. Right. You have to do it. Yeah. And I think that's great that every time something like this happens, this is the, like the classic, or not the classic, but like it's done effectively and by the book. Mm-hmm. I like that they had a little fam- family moment right before, before he leaves. Yeah. That yeah, Jack- Jackie recognizes Rose. And it's like, it doesn't make any sense, but she gets it and she realizes. It's a mom. A mom you know, knows her child. I think it's Jackie's. It's very sweet. I think it's that. like uh, Jackie's thickness. It just had took enough time to get to those layers. Enough and fantastical. <laughs> well, at this point, there's monsters. Everybody's dying. There's a disappearing phone booth. I mean, like this point, it's like the imaginary is possible. So I think her her mind is opened up enough for her to believe it. Yes. Like if, if so, but there's a part <laughs> of me that Jackie. thinks even in the, you know, I don't know. Just, I, I, I guess I, in this point, I'm extremely sentimental. I think if Jackie really got a good look of Rose when she got out of the car, like seriously, oh yeah, got out of the car, and Jackie really, really looked at her, I she mean, would still know. It was I mean, Rose. I'm half joking because it's a mom and her child. Well, well, it's a dad and her child. I'm half joking that it took her that long, but she was always busy with something of the wedding. That's why she didn't have a good right. look at Rose. Oh yeah, and why would she? Yeah. Yeah, this is just another, you know, mental blonde. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. So the creatures disappear, and the doctor comes back telling Rose to go and be with her father in his last moments. The erased people all return, but no one besides the doctor and Rose have the memories of this alternate timeline. I love how Rose is standing on the, the, the doorway of the church. Yes. And the doctor just walks into frame. And it's that's all he does. There's no effect. There's no, no sound. There's no great. nothing. He's he just walks into the it's frame. Like, yes, this is should this is what should happen. Yeah, I, and he just says go to her, and mm-hmm. she or go to him. Sorry, mm-hmm. it's just that to me is just like the best directorial decision. Just he just steps into frame, go to him, and she goes to him. It's great. It, it is no special effects. Very effective and simple. Very simple. We then okay. Oh well, I I the the story of Pete does change though in mm-hmm. the the final telling. So they do have a memory of uh, what happened? he ran, and she I guess she didn't know why he ran, um, but also even the the boy who hit him then ended up staying, mm-hmm. and it doesn't it sound like he was not acquitted, but it was just it's an accident. Weird. Yeah, um, but the story of Pete does change to be more well, yeah. heroic yeah, in real life. Says, it wasn't the driver's fault. It wasn't, mm-hmm. he was just a kid. It wasn't his fault. 
you know, Pete ran out into the street. Mm-hmm. So we flash back again to Jackie telling Child Rose about the day her father died, but the story has changed. It is no longer a hit and run, but a young driver who stopped and waited for the police. There was a young woman with Pete when he died. No one saw her face, but Jackie was glad someone was there with him. Some of the details change. So it's, it's weird mm. with the alternate timeline. It's like there's three. Mm. It's like there's none three of the possibilities. Reapers, none of the creatures. Yeah. You know, we're, mem- uh, we're part of anyone's memory. Mm-hmm. They just remember going to the church like they did in both, both versions. Timelines. It's just exactly where he died moved, the time of death moved, but the day was the same and how he died was the same. But then mostly this really affected that kid's life. He yeah. used to yeah. run away from it and lived, I don't know what and he lived with, that guilt. that turned out to be <laughs> Russell T. Davies. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I also wanted to point out like the similarities, or I I noticed a similarity between the Quantum Leap episode, uh, Lee Harvey Oswald Part Two, where um, Sam leaps into uh, the secret oh, service. That's right, the secret service agent. Oh, and, that was and, so hard. And the whole time he's thinking he's supposed to save JFK, but at the end Al tells him, "No, you're meant to save Jackie because she died." that day too and so they fixed that timeline Jackie Tyler (laughs) (laughs) but you know what I mean like there's that similarity like somebody's supposed to die in this episode and I think that that's pretty cool (laughs) Um, this is also the first full episode that Billy Piper watched oh Hmm. yeah yeah and she did oh was that on the she did for the commentary yeah she was like this is the first show I'm watching without like it being a rough cut or something like that so while doing the commentaries when she first watched it, yes, and any episode, yes, I yeah, remember and, that now too. This is the first full episode because she, she doesn't like watching herself. Yeah, all right. <laughs> well, you can, I, if I remember correctly, because I haven't heard the commentary in a long time, but you can kind of tell because she's very quiet because she's watching. The she's episode. just watching it, yeah. And then yeah. she's like, "Oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is that what they look like?" Oh yeah, that's right. Because she never saw the she final never saw VFX. Reaper or anything yeah. like that. Yeah. I just find it funny when actors don't like watching their own movies because they're like, like, well, then you picked a great field, didn't you? <laughs> no, I can see the difference between standing up there and playing a character and seeing yeah. yourself. You could do that on stage. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, um, some more behind this. Yeah. Behind the scenes stuff is that uh, this episode was this episode was conceived because uh, Rose was always considered like portrayed as a good companion in previous episodes and so they wanted father's day to show that she does make some mistakes but in a rel- relatable way and i can well she makes a doozy oh yeah she makes a big huge but mistake relatable. but not really <laughs> in because the doctor was pissed at her the first time you know when he leaves he says he's going to leave her he didn't expect he wasn't expecting happen. all this to happen so it's only because she didn't do it the first time she was there but if she would have ran in front and saved her dad the first time, this wouldn't have happened because it was having there the two no sets paradox. of them yeah. oh, in the same There wouldn't have been time. a paradox. It wouldn't have ripped, you know, to let the uh, Reapers in. Or so the it would have been one but, thing. That, I mean, that, but I, you know, it's, it's it would have been bad. She made a mistake. Selfish, <laughs> selfish, yes. Bad, yes, but not a doozy. She was she wrong. Didn't, she didn't destroy the world. If she would have done it the first time, so it's not the act itself. It's because yeah, but it's still wrong. Time. Yes, yes. She I can't mistakes. get past that. She it's still wrong. Anything the first time, 
No, but if she, he, I'm just if thinking she, if she did, if she so did it's not the act the of saving her father is not as right. evil as what. But the second time that it happens, no, not evil, just stupid. <laughs> but relatable. <laughs> yeah. I, th- that's one thing where it, in this episode where it's like, oh, Rose, you messed up big time. You know, oh, yeah. this is all my okay. fault. Yes, as a matter of fact, it is all your fault. Yes. No, I agree. I'm glad he said that to her. And yeah. And, and, you know, it's like, oh, oh this yeah. isn't going to be, for that. you know, oh, well, you didn't know any better. And no. <laughs> and uh, the the original working title, I guess, is uh, Wounded Time or Wound in Time before they came up with the final title of Father's Day. And this was done in February t- uh, 2005, very shortly before it aired. Hmm. Um, and then uh, Pete's... Um, thing of selling health drinks that was taken from Joe Cor- I don't know Cornell his actual father doing the same thing Paul Cornell sorry the writer so he drew from his own um, experience write what you know yep I want to know since Jackie and the rest of the people don't remember what happened in the church don't remember the creatures or you know she just said I don't know why Pete, Pete left and ran out she doesn't remember meeting Rose does Pete mm. remember meeting Rose when he's on the street? Is it just a random girl that comes up to him? And does he know what's happened? No. Uh, yeah. Because I think that happened, pardon the pun, but over time, like, cause yeah, the wounds were sealing themselves. He was outside of time. Well, no, he remembers Rose, and Rose the because are outside of time, they're, you know, they what? travel time. And so their whole experience of time is different and they can remember, the alternate realities and what's you mean, going on. You mean once he, yeah. But either way, I think it's, it's nice. I, I think but. the fact if he looks up and there's some stranger there with him, that's nice. That's a very mm-hmm. cool too. Oh, see, I see it. I mean, if he looks up and and it, he doesn't remember that that's his daughter, to me that's just heartbreaking. And it's like, well, yeah, no, I, I, I see. It. I <laughs> want to believe that that is well, he remembers that's his daughter. The actual healing, and this is the argument in favor of Pete being the important thing and not the base, <laughs> is the actual well, yes. healing of time happens when he dies. When he dies, so it isn't until he, uh, dies until he dies that time becomes. Healed. I mean, it's healing. Okay. Because he's dying, so that's I'll how you get that one. Because that's a nice. <laughs> that's how you get the doctor back yeah. before he's dead. That's how you get other people back before he, he dies. But it's healing, yeah, and he remembers. So what if somebody glues the vase back together? <laughs> and that episode of Brady Bunch <laughs> starts leaking. <laughs> <laughs> but there's just one. The thing driver that just of the car owns is the inconsistent later on. I am going to give a little spoiler, but yeah, they fine. mentioned this in another episode. And at the end of this, Jackie says people had said that there was a woman with him. That it sounds like she didn't see it. And in another episode, it's no, you saw there was a blonde woman there. You saw that, hmm. and it's Rose. But it's just odd. It's just writing. It's just you know that little. Well, also, I think it's just like you know, of, she didn't say that. You know, I saw this woman, and then yeah, she walked away. at the time they did what the script needed right. them to do, kind of a thing. And that's when you have to realize, yeah, it's an inconsistency. It's a TV show. Yeah. They're referencing back to it, but there are going to be yeah. some. Because it know, is, you know, things, you know, oh, nobody's, you know, nobody remembers things. You know, nobody remembers what happened, but he, you know, he doesn't die in front of the apartment. He dies in, in front right, of church. the church. Yeah. Um, how, you know, like the driver of the car going, I wasn't at the, this was not where I was driving. <laughs> I mean, if you really start to think about it. Right. You it's know, a little complex. It's a little complex. So it's kind of like this is an emotional thing 
Let's focus on what... Yeah. And they've earned it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, don't a lot, get trapped uh, in the whole... Yeah, don't get caught up in the minutia. Yeah, it's like they if they've earned that moment where it's like you can move past did. it. And they totally did. They did. There's a whole other television show about that driver who thinks he was abducted by aliens because he had lost time. <laughs> was that on an episode of The X-Files? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I wanted to also... Uh, some production stuff. The weather had changed frequently during the filming of this episode. Huh. And... Um, some of the cast members started to be get, uh, get sick, and Eccleston was one of them. He had a cold by the time this episode was uh, filming. Mm-hmm. And uh, Billy Piper stated that this was her, first, her favorite episode of the first series. Well, it didn't show that he was sick, so he did well. No, yeah, he did fine. He's a trooper. I also heard that they were, uh, the discussion between Davies and the writer of whether or not Rose knew um, that she what she was doing that she was going yeah. to want to deal with her father before going on to the TARDIS and that and was a discussion do we want her to know or not and then they said they finally um, decided to leave it ambiguous and like up to us what we're doing now I kind of think she did know because she sort of says it in the episode when well, he really Billy came. said that uh, Rose didn't plan on that going into the TARDIS that it was after time traveling and stuff then yeah oh that. that yeah oh yeah because the doctor the says doctor to her at the beginning. I said it was oh. I said it went travel through time you right, said right, no. right right no but I get the, I get the impression that that's why she suggested going there not not to be there for him when he died but to save him but she's saying she sort mm-hmm. of told a fit. I don't think she came up with that whole idea yet I think it yeah. could be partly but it's like more some conscious because mm-hmm. I really don't think she was going to save him because she didn't the first time. Yeah, it's more of a spur of the right. moment thing. You know, well, no. I don't know because she says, because when she was talking about why she thought of coming there, and then she says, well, I thought, so I thought, you know, since I'm there or something like that, why not save him? Like she said, right. when I just watched yesterday, I kind of felt like that's what she was saying that, like, that's the reason she did suggest going. Mm-hmm. Right. Ish. See, and I'm harsh on that because I think if she did plan it, like, if she planned it from the very, very beginning... Not the that, very beginning No, of, no, no, no. I'm saying... Of the episode? If she planned... No, no. It, I have a long thought. Okay. If she... If she... If this was anything but a spur of the moment... I can kind of justify it as a spur of the moment. Although it was stupid. That's how I see it. If she planned it from the beginning of the episode... Well, aren't you a little conniving? That's not good. If she planned it from the moment he says, and I, and this travels through time in the pilot episode, then I, then that would really affect my vision of Rose as a character. Mm. You know, I mean, I was saying to Frank, you're out of the TARDIS. (laughs) If I'm the doctor and I found out that you're gone. Yeah. I'll go get Adam. You're gone. (laughs) I think it's the second. I think. Because I hate Adam. I want this. Like Josh says, the (laughs) second. (laughs) I think it's the second one. And even that bothers me. I don't think it was a cognitive plan to save her father. I know. We'd have to watch that scene again. I have a feeling it was she was so emotional and she did just want to be there for him when he passed away. Not realizing, not even really thinking, oh, I'll save him. I'll just be with him when he dies. And then in the spur of the moment, like Frank was saying, I could run out there and do that. And I think it's, it's right here. But I think it's it's partly in her brain anyway. But But she's like, no, that's not, you know, it's like, no. But I think... She doesn't. I don't think she's going to do it. Conscious decision, right? Because nobody has that. Yeah, nobody has that in real reality. Mm -hmm. But when she was standing there and she sees the car coming, and she sees I'm only, you know, twenty feet away or whatever it is, in that spur of the moment, she goes, "This is reality. I can save him." Right. And she 
does it. I just don't think she would plan it ahead of time. Well, that's why I think this episode is great because it allows discussion like this. Absolutely. Like what's really going on. Yeah, it's a sign of a good us. episode. Yeah. Makes you think. Because mm-hmm. if, if it was a bad episode, we wouldn't care one way or the other. Yeah, absolutely. I want my television spelled out. <laughs> with, a, w- with a catchy theme song that explains the premise. <laughs> yes. He's a doctor and he travels in time, sometimes forward, sometimes back. <laughs> Copyright, Josh. <laughs> um, I, I also noticed that the actor, uh, Sean Dingwell, has the same hairstyle as Eccleston. So I think there's this like mirroring mm. of the doctor and her father. Oh, that's creepy. I, I think they were just trying to cover up his bald head. <laughs> well, they're both like... No, there, I think yeah, there definitely was. But like the doctor being... Forward. There's a little romance between her, between Rose and the doctor, but it's more of the fatherly figure in this. Mm-hmm. You know, he cups her face that way. And mm-hmm. they walk away at the end, hand in hand. It's just... You see, but you had to point out the hand cupping the face because I saw that as romantic. Because I didn't I remember that Pete does the same that. thing I later. I saw it as romantic, too. But now that he said that, I exactly. think it's bridging it. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's odd because he is 900. So mm-hmm. it's odd for him to have these feelings of things. Because I'm 900 doesn't mean I'm dead. <laughs> but, it, but it is definitely caring. It's definitely you know, emotional. Yes. No, I agree with you once you t- explained it to me. But I just thought it was a romantic thing. Because okay. they are starting, you know... They're, they're, you know, why does everybody always think we're a couple, mm-hmm. you know? Right. And, and I think it is like, well, because you're going to Because you are, but you haven't realized it yet. I mean, just a little bit. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just, you know, they haven't done much. Um, the groom's bride, uh, the groom's father <laughs> is Eccleston's dancing double for the doctor dances. He oh, really? He did a dance for double? that? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Oh, well, he can't dance, can he? <laughs> but I just think that's, that's funny. needed a double that for... funny. Yeah. Well, when we get to that episode. And uh, this episode, Father's Day, was nominated for the 2006 Hugo Award for Best Dramatic Presentation Short Form alongside other first series episodes, Dalek and The Empty Child slash The Doctor Dances. Um, The Empty Child, The Doctor Dances is the one that won, but Father's Day topped the third place category in terms of votes. Hmm. Oh, okay. And I think that um, wraps it up. Um Shall we recommend Father's Day to a Who New viewer? Frank. I say yes to being the first episode. I think you can start something off with this. I think it shows a lot of you know, showing the time travel, why you can't just go back and try and save people. It answers that question right off the bat. It gives you a hint that, you know, the doctor's alone in the universe. You know, those people have gone. So you get that information, you get good background information on the companion and her family, and that's something Davis does great, Davies, excuse me, um, that the other doctors before this didn't really focus on the companions and their family, and this broadens that. I think, yes, yes, I'd put this as, you could show someone this as a first episode. Brian? Uh, Yes, I would recommend this one. Um, Again, it has all the classic elements, but it's also... Very character driven, so people would realize that this isn't cardboard. You know, this is all characters. They have emotions. It makes sense. You know, this fantastic stuff happens, but based in a reality. I want to add one thing. No, that, I'm sorry. I'm going too to. late. Um, it also shows that it's not just a children's show. 
Yes. Because oh, that's yeah. what a lot of people have when they first hear about it, is that it's a children's show. And this is definitely not <laughs> that type of episode. Josh. Yeah, all for all those reasons, but especially for what, with, for what you just said, that it's not a children's show, and it's not just a sci-fi, nerdy, you know, geek out. It's, it's something heavy and dramatic, and take all those fantastical elements out of it, and you still got a good story. If it's just a time travel story, people could be disappearing instead of being eaten by monsters. Albert. I will also say yes for all of the above reasons, as well as uh, just being a, a really well-written episode, um, character-driven, like you've said. Um, and it also uh, acts as a bit of like a prequel, you know, for Rose, like giving not only talking about the family, but actually going back and seeing, you know, this is how Jackie mm -hmm. and Pete got married. This is baby Rose and her interactions with mm -hmm. the doctor, like before even being conscious of it. Um, yeah, the VFX, like I said, the first time I watched it, it was, I thought they were worse, but they've grown on me. So yeah, I still say yes. I kind of feel like with the visual effects that they did really good with what they had. Hmm. Like the lim you could tell they were somewhat limited, but like when the, when the creatures were scratching on the church and the rubble from the church came off, like the, they okay. did a lot of little nice touches that, that's, that melded it all together. Yeah. Watching it again. Um, I, it didn't bother me at all. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I don't know if I was just remembering it like it was, uh, they were poor, but yeah, no, I, I enjoyed it the second watching. And I always feel that if the story holds up, I can, I can, yeah. I can forgive a lot with mm -hmm. visual effects, mm -hmm. you know, like in the classic series, a well, really good story. Yeah. This mysterious monster at the end turns out to be a guy in a green in a trash bag. Trash bag. And it's like, well, the story is good. So, you know, just accept it and move on. For me, I'm torn, and I want to just say no, because everything that that leads up to this episode, you won't get because you're watching just this episode. What wouldn't you get? Like the, the dynamic between Jackie and um, Rose. and Like, yeah, if but, this is your first episode... But, but there's enough inferred in it. To, True, but to, you but, know, but I'm saying and that also like, the thing that the, I had, uh, you know, you can't it was, have an opinion. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that, please shut his mic off. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do it live. <laughs> um, Our new host will be. <laughs> <laughs> it's you know, it's like it's one of those things where, when I suggested that we do the, would you recommend this to a, a first timer? It isn't that it's. Oh, absolutely, positively perfect mm -hmm. for a first person because no episode is. No, yeah. So it's like any episode going forward now is going to have backstory. Mm -hmm. You know, it. We can't limit ourselves to just completely standalone episodes. That would just be a you know, perfect little capsule of Doctor Who, and you don't need to know anything before or after. It's you know, it was isn't an exciting story. Is it well done? You know, is it not too weird? And that's kind of how I'm looking at it, where it's like, you're never going to have a per perfect episode. So I don't think that not knowing Jackie's relate, or not knowing Jackie mm -hmm. and seeing her here, you'd still get a great idea of Jackie oh, sure, in this but... episode. And I don't think, I don't think you would be put off seeing this episode and then seeing earlier episodes of Jackie. I don't think you would be thrown too much by that. Understood. But I'm just saying for me, I'd want all that stuff that came before so that when this hits me 
it hits me the way it's supposed to, like it's intended. Right. Yes, when, true. But that means that you're never going to recommend another one going forward because we're just going to build on backstory. No, but this is a definite backstory of the people that we already are invested yeah, in. true. Well, that's what he's saying. I still say yes. It yeah, I, I, I understand I, that point more. But you but don't I'm, know who Rose is. You don't know who Jackie is. You don't understand yeah, why you I Peter as much. But I think there's a lot of universal themes. I mean, I'm not uh, disagreeing with you guys. I'm just saying that I'm not sure I would introduce this episode. Yeah, to but him. I'm disagreeing with you. <laughs> well, then why didn't you introduce this episode to me when we started watching this? Because there are better ones. <laughs> which, which did you introduce to him? Which one? Girl in the Fireplace. Girl in the Fireplace. All right. Girl in the Fireplace and... Uh, the next two. Queen Victoria and... Tooth and Claw. School Reunion. School Reunion. Those are the three. Mm-hmm. School Reunion? Yes. <laughs> Good. Anyway, <laughs> talk about backstory, though. Yeah. And when we get to it, because yeah. I will be recommending it, I'm mm-hmm. telling you right now, so we may have to fight. No. I have my gun. I see that. Two different <laughs> I'm an American. I it would be interesting to, okay. at some point soon, to see what the leading episode is. Yeah. True. All right. So that wraps up Father's Day. You've heard our views. When do you think Rose had the idea to save her father? Was it in her mind from the beginning? Was it a spur of the moment kind of thing? Let us know. Email us at whonewpodcast at gmail.com. Join us next time when the future becomes the present. You've just listened to an episode of Who Knew. Our wonderful theme music is by Michael Grady. You can find his work at theuniverseexplodes.com. You can find this show in several places. Follow us on Twitter at whonewpodcast. Subscribe, review, and listen to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Or our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash whonewpodcast. All our episodes are on whonewpodcast.com, and you can leave comments there or email us at whonewpodcast at gmail.com. This podcast is inspired by Doctor Who, the longest-running sci-fi show in history, and especially the revival spearheaded by Russell T. Davis. Thanks to Russell, Sidney Newman, Verdi Lambert, Ron Grainer, and all those involved in the adventures of our favorite Time Lord. Your work continues to inspire and entertain.